Well, here he is, folks, Dizzy Dean, brought to you by the makers of Johnson's Wax for Car New, the wax-fortified auto polish that cleans and polishes your car in one easy application. Howdy, folks. Say, Frank, if they sold out yet, the way people are talking to me, I figure there wouldn't be no car new left by this time. Well, Diz, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. I didn't say anything or nothing about Rome, Frank. What league are they in? I'm talking about car new and baseball. Yes, Diz, and very especially about baseball. I'm to do the talking about car new. Well, Frank, you let me tell one about Lefty Gomez last week, and I got another Gomez story. Only this is about a different Gomez. It's Jose Gomez this time. Okay, Diz. This is Frank Ashen, folks, who knows that when Dizzy Dean must tell a story, he must. Go right ahead, Diz. Well, Frank, this is about a young infielder named Jose Gomez. He was a second baseman with the Phillies, and he never could remember how many was out. He had a friend up in the stands. You remember old Baker Bowl in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. And this friend would lean out and yell, One out, Joe. Or two out, Joe. Or there ain't nobody out, Joe. And it helped little Jose a lot. But one day the Phillies is playing in Cincinnati. And Jose don't have his friend there to tell him how many were out and how many was on or one thing or another. Well, along in the seventh inning, the Reds has men on first and second and only one out. Babe Herman was the man on second. Well, the batter hits a grounder to the shortstop and the shortstop tosses it to Jose at second. But instead of throwing to first for a double play, Jose thinks there's already two out and just rolls the ball toward the mound. <laughs> Like a man does when an inning is over. Well, Babe Herman sees the ball, fires the ball to Jimmy Wilson at the plate. Babe Herman slides, but Wilson gets the ball in time and Herman is out by a eyelash. Babe lying there in the dirt at the plate looks up at Wilson and he says, uh, Jimmy, what kind of a trick play is that? And Wilson cracks back. Babe, we tried that play six times and you're the first guy to fall for it. <laughs> Well, there you are, folks. That's a sample of what you can continue to expect from Dizzy Dean. You'll have a story or two about the great and the near great of the diamond. You'll have some advice each Saturday at this time for young Americans who want to be baseball players. He'll do a little prognosticating, in his own words, of course. And he'll treat the pennant races as they progress. And he'll answer your letters. And right now, Dizzy, it's mailbag time. How is that postman, Frank? Every time I see him coming in, he's got a couple of sacks over his back. Is all that mail for me? Well, part of it is. And here's one in particular that we've picked out. It's from John H. Ryerson of West Palm Beach, Florida. He heard you talking last week about your sore arm, and he wants to know how you got it. Mr. Ryerson remembers you as old man rhythm himself out there on that pitching mound, and he wonders how such a smooth article could become sore. Can you tell just how it happened, Diz? Yes, Frank, and I believe that story's, uh, that may be a sort of a lesson for young pitchers. I got my sore arm by being hit on the foot by a line drive. Now, wait just a minute, Dizzy Dean. I've heard of powerful line drives before, but I've never heard of one that was so hot it could hit a man on the foot and give him a sore arm. Well, Frank, old boy, you're going to hear about that kind of a line drive right now. I guess I did have pretty good rhythm out there, as Mr. Risen says. I know it was easy for me to pitch. I didn't get tired, and I certainly never dreamt that old Diz someday would pull up with a sore wing. Now, I believe that is important as all get out to have rhythm. Well, I was picked on the National League All-Star squad in 1937, and Bill Terry started me against the American League team. I got along without much trouble until the two were out in the third. Then the Maggio sang, and Lou Gehrig hit one a country mile over the right field wall. Lou, a great character, if there ever was one, guessed right on that one, brother. He guessed I'd throw him a fastball with a count three and two, and I sure did. Earl Aver was the next batter. Boy, I'll never forget him. 
hit one back at me like a mile, and a squirrel got in a and it picks me right on the left foot. Hmm. I grab the ball and throws Avil out at first. But boy, that line drive sure was Mr. Trouble. They tried to keep me from knowing after they uh, took x-rays that I had a broken toe. They weren't fooling me none. We were having our troubles that summer, and we couldn't afford to have a pitcher out there with a sore toe to... to uh, so after a while, I'm giving a ticket and told to report to manager Frisch at Boston. Mm-hmm. Mind you... My toe was still taped up, and I had to wear a shoe with the front out of it. But when Frisch asked me if I was ready to pitch, I said, uh, What do you think I come up here for? To play pinochle? <laughs> the next day I pitched, and that's when the line drive that hit me on the foot gives me a sore arm. I couldn't stride right with that sore foot. I pitched off balance. I guess you'd call it that, Frank. And uh, my arm ain't never been the same since. Mm. My advice to young pitchers, no one's too, for that matter is don't try to pitch a ball if you've got a broken toe or a sprained ankle or anything that keeps you from striding natural when you pitch. If you do, you'll get a sore arm like old Diz did. And, brother, you'll never quit regretting it. And here's some advice for automobile owners, Diz. If they take this advice, they'll never regret it. Give them that high hard one, Frank. Well, if there's a man who doesn't prefer, especially on Sunday, to drive a clean, polished, sweet-looking car, I haven't met him. We all like to open a car door that sparkles like new to look along a hood that gleams in the light. But the trouble is, Diz, cleaning and polishing a car in the ordinary way is quite a job. Unless, of course, you've latched onto some Carnew. That's Johnson's wax-fortified Carnew. Say, there's an auto polish that makes cleaning easy. And that's because Carnew contains special ingredients that zip through the greasy road film that water won't touch. Besides, Carnew is fortified with wax, and so it polishes your car does both jobs, cleaning and polishing, at the same time. You just apply Johnson's Carnew, let it dry to a white powder, wipe it off. That's all there is to it. And what was a tough job is a quick, easy job with Carnew. And then you step back and look at your car. It'll shine like new from radiator to rear fender tip. Cleaning has been a snap. And when you ease away from the curb, you know your car looks like a million. And so to give your car that Sunday shine, ask for Johnson's Carnew. That's C-A-R-N-U. Golly, Frank, I wish I could spell like that. Oh, don't worry about that, Diz, just because you don't have that idiosyncrasy. No, I guess I can't throw that one no more, Frank, <laughs> since I had that so armed. <laughs> okay, Diz. And now, Dizzy Dean, the reporter. Diz, how does that uh, Major League picture look to you today? I can't see nothing right now except the All-Star game, Frank. Baseball people are pouring into St. Louis for the big game of the mid-season Tuesday afternoon. Well, do you know who's going to win this one? I'll just tell you this, Frank. There's been 14 All-Star games, and if you look up the record, you'll find that long ball hitters won seven of them. Babe Ruth won the 1933 game with a home run. Jimmy Fox hit one out of the park in 1935 to win that game. Max West hit a three-run homer in 1940 in the National League, won that one. In 1941, it was Ted Williams, and in 1942, it was Boudreaux and York. Bobby Doerr cleared the wall in 1943, a three-run homer. And in the 1946, it was Williams again, leading a home-run attack that beat the Nationals 12 to nothing. Say, Diz, you've mentioned a lot of American League names there. Yes, Frank, but I believe the National League's got more home-run hitters this time. Mize, Walt Cooper, Kiner... Papco and Stan Musel. Well, then you're picking the National League to win, huh? Well, let's put it this way, Frank. 
The team that does the best pitching against the home run hitters will win this one. If the National League can stop Ted Williams, I believe they got a good chance. Mm-hmm. Say, there's another thing I'd like to know. How do you account for four third basemen on that National League club? Well, Frank, that's a good question. The fans of all over the country voted Andy Pafko of the Chicago Cubs as their starting third baseman. And he will start and play three innings due to the fans voting him that. Mm-hmm. Now, the managers have the rights to pick the other uh, players to fill out the 25-man squad on each club. Mm-hmm. And manager Leo DeRocher has picked three infielders and all of them are third basemen <laughs> due to the fact that they are all power hitters. In other words, he got those infielders because they can hit the ball harder and further uh, than the other infielders that was playing second, short, and first. Mm-hmm. And uh, he probably got these uh, three uh, other third basemen for one other reason, too, because you know those American League hitters can pull that ball and hit them hard down at third baseline. So with Pafco starting, he said, well, I got three more men to follow him if Pafco gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> they really whistle down there, don't they? They certainly do, Frank. Well, Diz, it should be a great game right here in St. Louis next Tuesday. And now, Dizzy Dean, the coach. Diz, you remember you promised last week to have something to say to ambitious young ball players who wanted to become catchers. What is your considered advice on how to do that? Well, uh, Frank, you know the major leagues are in very badly need of, of great catchers. The uh, Some of the great catches have gone on, and they haven't been uh, uh, picked up and brought back into the major leagues in a long time. And I want to say that it's easier for a big league catcher, I mean a young kid, to break into big league as a catcher than any other position on the ball field. Now, a lot of young kids get the idea that they've got to be able to do everything. Well, it's wonderful that you can do everything, but all catchers and all great catchers don't do everything. Now, you don't have to be fast as long as you have uh, a good arm and can throw that ball accurately and uh, and hit. That's the main thing. And know how to play hitters and can throw that ball to first base trying to pick a runner off at second base accurately, at third base. Why, that's a great assess to start with. And to do that, you must practice. If I was a young catcher starting out today, I'd try to get me an old catcher to try to give me a few pointers. And in doing those things, why, it's easier for you to become a big league catcher. Now, there's a lot of important things about catching. And for instance, if a young boy is breaking in behind the plate or practicing on the sidelines, he definitely should have his mask, breast protector, and shin guards on because he's going to uh, have those on in the ball game. And it's a lot of difference throwing a ball with th- that outfit on than it is without them. So always work with that outfit on. And another thing is to work a lot on pop flies because you know that you've seen a lot of pop flies go in the air and if you haven't uh, had the practice and worked on catching those pop flies, why, it costs you a lot of ball games. That's a very, very important thing. And then another thing is uh, on those pop flies, a catcher should always throw that mask off and throw it far enough away from him where he will never stumble into that ball, that mask, going after the ball. Now, here's another thing. Just like uh, Hank Gowdy in 1924 was catching for the... Uh, Washington, the New York Giants, rather, against the Washington Senators in the World Series. I remember that game. And it was in the seventh and, and the deciding game of that series, and it was the ninth inning, and a pop foul went up behind the plate, and Gowdy took the mask off, dropped it in front of him, and as he turned around, he stumbled into the mask and couldn't get to the ball for the catch, and it cost the Giants the series that year. So uh, you young catchers always wanting to break into baseball, remember those things. Be in a position, a position to throw... At all times, shift yourself from right to left, and you'll never have much trouble. After all, 
It's a lot of fun, catching. Almost as much fun uh, as fogging that high one through the plate like I used to do, Frank. Yes, you sure did have your share of fun in your day, Diz. And speaking of fun, I think we have time for one of your yarns. What is Dizzy Dean, the storyteller, to tell us today? Well, it's one I always like, Frank. And maybe you'll like it, too. It's about the Washington Ball Club and rookie pitcher. My old friend Dutch Leonard told this one to me. It seems that the older pitchers on the staff had been kidding the rookie every chance they had. And one afternoon, the young pitcher's warming up in the bullpen. During a rally by the New York Yankees. But the rally is stopped, and the manager says, Boys, sit down in the bullpen. Well, they quit warming up. And you know, as uh, a lot of people know, that ball players cannot eat on the field or in the dugout or in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Well... In the bullpen, but when the rookie sets down, one of the older pitchers tells him that it's all right now. He can go and uh, get him a hot dog. Well, he goes and buys him a hot dog, so the rookie gets a lot of mustard in it. <laughs> in other words, that dog had, was full of mustard, and he's just about to bite into it when the Yankees put on another rally. And Clyde Milan, the coach, comes running out of the bullpen to tell the rookie he's going to have to go in. So the rookie looks at the hot dog and says, Milan... What's the setup? And Malam says, the bases are full. The rookie says, who's coming up? And the rookie really wants to know who are, who are the coming up there, who the hitters are, in other words. Malam says, uh, well, King Kong Keller, Joe DiMaggio, and Bill Dickey. So the rookie says to Malam, here, brother, hold my hot dog. I'll be right back. <laughs> and, folks, we hope you'll all be right back with us at this time next Saturday to listen to Dizzy Dean. Brought to you by Johnson's Car New, the wax-fortified auto polish that cleans and polishes your car in one easy application. Step out and get Johnson's Car New and step on the gas in a car that shines like a million. Remember to give your car that Sunday shine, rub it on, wipe it off, is all you do with Car New. Now this is old Diaz. Hope all you folks understand this time next Saturday. I'll be pitching lacrosse again for Johnson's Car New. This is Frank Eschen saying goodbye until next Saturday for the makers of Johnson's Wax-Fortified Auto Polish Carnew. This program came to you from KSD St. Louis. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.